0: People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring.
1: and gentlemen to another edition of your 20 by 20 ring crew i am your co-host joe here with matt matt what's going on brother
2: what is going on i'm i'm having a great day actually
1: yeah we are back for another episode here at casa de casa de matt classic how about that <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Whew, episode 109
2: here we go yeah man happy new year hope yeah. you, everyone's having a good first month so far so, so good so far so good yeah I can't complain you know I, I said I was having a good day you know it's always a, a good day when a complete stranger compliments you on your uh your growing video game collection I worked really hard on that thing you know yeah and cool I had some uh, work done in my house and the guy's just like in awe it was, he was so much in awe that I had to kind of tell him like get back to work yeah good to get back to work and sir? uh don't look at it too hard because now I'm suspicious. <laughs> but it's always uh, it's always good to be complimented. So um, that's... He's,
1: he's like, my pants always look like this. <laughs>
2: so hopefully the rest of the year is somewhat like this. And uh, it's been a pretty good month for pro wrestling so far. I know we're kind of in the halfway mark as we record this. There's a lot that's already happened, of course, as it does every early January, which I think we're going to talk about right now. But also uh, a lot to kind of peel apart over the next uh, next couple of weeks, going into.
1: I just automatically smelled orange when you said that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's peel away because orange smells really good.
1: You said you wanted to start off with Russell Kingdom, yes? Sure, let's do it. All right, Russell Kingdom. First year, it took place over two separate nights back to back. Second year.
2: They did did it last year, too.
1: Did they?
0: It was was two days last Mm -hmm. year? Yeah.
1: Well, fuck me and my 42-year-old mind.
0: One trick is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere. Like the time I caught the ferry over to Shelbyville, I needed a new heel for my shoe. So, I decided to go to Morganville, which is what they call Shelbyville in those days. So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time.
1: That's all right. I forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. What the hell? What? Uh, both both cards were absolutely phenomenal, and I know I I've gotten heat for this before, and that's fine. But prove me wrong. Prove me wrong that this is not going to be one of those shows again, where we're still not talking about it a year later. Because guess what? It it, it was that caliber of show all over again. Uh, it just happened to be split over two different nights. Masterful booking, I'd say the probably the 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 only one of the only down spots in the whole two nights was the the Rambo the 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 Rumble match, which is not even considered part of the actual show. It's considered pre-show. Okay. So, uh, not that it fucking matters, but Meltzer gave it like less than two stars, and it was just I, like. It was hokey. It, it it was. I'd say it was no hokier than what the Royal Royal Rumble is these
2: days. Ooh, you know what I mean. Them our fighting work, so <laughs> man, the marks out there. <laughs>
1: you know, it had its it had its you know battle royal spots, and you know, of course, that's. I, that's what everybody does or uh, everybody is doing. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, so well and and that was to determine the first of all they, they really they call it New Japan Rambo.
1: Yeah, it was Rambo
2: <laughs> Alrighty then.
0: So you're my evil twin
1: Yeah and you're today's target. Happy hunting.
0: You're from Bowie, too? No, I'm from Philly. No kidding. Is this really happening? I'm just as real as you are, John. Talk about a civil war.
1: Another me? It can't be. This shit just keeps getting worse.
2: Um, so... It was was there to determine who was going to compete for the 2021 King of Pro Wrestling provisional title. Yes. Let's break that down. Chase Owens, Bad Luck Fale, Bushi, Toriano, they're they're the winners of that match, if you will, or finalists. It leads to the night two where there's a four-way match for that provisional title. Let's break this down a little bit. Let's talk about that King of Pro Wrestling title because it it was introduced last year. Mm Mm-hmm. In, in Shinju. Uh, Toriano wins the provisional title and doesn't really do anything with it all year. Now, it's one of those rare times where I, I will say that New Japan is a subject to bad booking here because they create this title in the middle of summer, fully knowing that the rest of the year is completely booked with tournaments like the G1, like Royal Tag League and the uh, Best of Super Juniors and so on and so forth. There really isn't a whole lot of other shows like New Beginning or Dominion or things of that nature, where you have opportunities to defend this title. So they get all the way to no- December now, and finally, randomly in one of the Road to Tokyo Dome tour mat- shows, they book Toriano versus Balak Falle in like some body slam match, and. Toriano wins it, and he is now the king of pro wrestling 2020. <laughs> At leaves a really bad taste in my mouth for that belt. It's, I don't even think it's a belt. I think it's a trophy, actually. It's, yeah, it's a trophy. Uh, so, bringing it back again in 2021. Now, now here's the thing. When it was introduced, I thought, hey, this is a pretty interesting idea because New Japan Pro Wrestling, like a lot of Japanese companies, not all, but a lot of Japanese companies, they're very traditional. They don't do a lot of things like ladder matches and cage matches. And the whole concept of this this trophy or this, you know, we'll call it a championship for now, is that these are not going to be really contested under regular circumstances. There's going to be gimmicky style of matches. Now, the traditional Japanese fan, or I should say, I shouldn't even say it that way. The traditional New Japan fan will probably say like, eh, I don't really like that. But for me, I've always said that pro wrestling should be the ultimate variety show. Yes. And I say, why not? Why not do a gimmicky match every once in a while? Don't do it all the time. I, you know, of course, we've talked about that. But why not do something different? The problem is they didn't book it correctly last time. I, I know it's only January. We got a full year now, a whole year to do this. But do they get it right, or is this something that is do you feel is gonna be something that's gonna be ending sooner than later? Because it's it it's not off to a great start.
1: Answer me a question before I go any further. When it comes to Toru Yanu, you see him walk to the ring, you specifically. Yes. You see him walk to the ring. What is the first thing that comes to your mind?
2: I laugh. What the
0: fuck? Son of a <laughs> bitch! We got Yano. Uh-huh. It's like getting robbed by a sweet old lady on a motorized cart. I didn't even see him coming, man! There's one or two ways we can handle over this shooter. We can find Yano, and beat the ever-loving shit out of him, but that won't solve anything. What we must do is find Yano, learn his trust, and learn his ways. And then one day, exact revenge on him. You don't know who you're dealing with, motherfucker. I'll show up at your house in the middle of the night, in a the comedic vehicle that I have inexplicably acquired. just when you least expect it, I'll pop out of a giant fucking birthday cake. And we will become true masters of buffoonery. We'll worry about that later.
1: Right? I think most people do. Yes. That's just who Torriano has become. Now, right. with that being said, that is essentially what this provisional title means right now. He is he is the com- comedic relief. Yes, and night one of Russell Kingdom fifteen was no different. Mm-hmm. He literally they they had the uh, they had the Rambo, and he was the last guy to come to the ring. I don't know how many entrants there were. I think it was 30, maybe?
2: Uh, yeah, it was about that.
1: So, he gets announced. 21. He, uh, 21? Yeah, okay, so. Close <laughs> enough. <laughs> he gets announced. He's, he's on his way to the ring as part of his entrance. Literally, everyone else gets thrown out by the time he gets to the ring, making him the winner. So, he didn't even <laughs> have to wrestle. And it went off without a hitch. Like, I, you know... The kid and I popped. We laughed. It worked. You didn't dismiss it, or at least we didn't dismiss it. It was like, oh, that was that was fun, you know. Mm-hmm. but we now, you know, watching Yanu do anything, you just you kind of automatically accept that fate for for that match. You're like, oh, this is gonna be the comedy spot. I'm okay with that. I don't know how you feel. That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with going forward this whole year as long as Yanu has this provisional title? Are you okay with this King of Pro Wrestling thing being comedically related?
2: Short answer is no, and, uh, and I'll, and I'll I, let you continue. And,
1: well, I know I'm saying <laughs> like that's that's the thing, like
2: yeah. Because, you know,
1: this was the, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, uh, wasn't this the brainchild of Kazuchika Okada?
2: I feel, I believe so, yeah. Yeah,
1: so I guess my question would be, how does he feel about the booking? <laughs> but I don't think we'll ever hear about that.
2: You know, it, it's interesting because it's it's a missed opportunity because much like we saw years ago now with the, the ladder match between Omega and, and, and Elgin, you know, you have an opportunity to bring those kind of gimmicky matches to a company that doesn't see that ever and instead what we're getting is body slam matches with against Big bad luck Falle. and i'm okay with that also sprinkled in there because it, yeah you're right it is Torriano, but at some my issue here is like does this become the equivalent to the 24-7 championship where you have a guy like r-truth Consistently as champion And it's just a comedic spot Over and over and over again And if that's the case They can They can Scrap this belt Right now
1: For me I think Not having it defended Like the 24-7 championship Is a plus
2: Sure I agree
1: Okay Also I think If they book it to where It It, it suits Whoever the provisional champion Is at the moment so for right now, it is going to be comedic-y and gimmicky because of Toru Yanu. Right. and for me that works. Okay, because it's like you never know where you're going to get now, whether it be a fucking body slam match or like a three on one or, or or what have you. You're, it's always there's always going to be something different offered, different in a different different in such a manner that. It's not the 24-7 title where the only real stipulation is, hey, guess what? No matter where you're at, if there's a fucking referee, the match can go on and you can lose the title. Mm-hmm. That's always a constant with that title. With this title, there are no constants like that. Right. It literally is just like, hey, we're going to have this type of match because I want to have this kind of match. Mm-hmm. So you never know what to expect. I love that about this, this championship, this trophy, whatever yeah. you want to call it.
2: What if they did something similar to like the spin a wheel, make a deal type thing?
1: I'd be okay with it as long as it gets booked correctly. Sure, you know, but I look forward to say who drops this championship onto somebody else. Mm-hmm. I look forward to whoever has it next, them booking it very specifically for that wrestler. Right, you know, so say Bad Luck Fale wins it, whatever match is gonna suit him. Maybe it's you know he goes up against all big guys. Like I'm, I'm willing to go through that mm-hmm. that journey. Only because it's New Japan and they have a good track record with their booking, for the most part. Yeah, I,
2: I, again, for me, I, I put a lot of faith in New Japan. I have for for many years now. My issue is going to consistently be, will they do the right thing, in my opinion? And again, I guess I'm only speaking on behalf of myself here. Because I don't, I don't disagree with my partner. I do not disagree with him on the sense... But I also know that the type of guy that torriano is—it's unfortunate to an extent because I said it so many times Toriano can fucking go. We've said that in the G one yeah. so many times. Don't sleep on his talent. He's an extremely talented wrestler. I understand he's getting older now, and or he is older now, and and you know he's his heyday is kind of come and gone. And he he does rely on a lot of comedic style. But I would still even even with if you're gonna sprinkle if you're giving me a lot of these you know. Funny matches that's fine even if I get sprinkled in a no holds barred or a falls count anywhere or something of that nature I'd be happy with that
1: I think what it is is you're craving the clever Yano. yes you know <laughs> am I as, wrong for that though no no and, and that's what I'm saying like that puts him in a different class because most of the time you do get those comedic wrestlers and that's all they can do mm-hmm. and you know we've we've both seen Yano over the years and guess what that is his his stick. If he if he has a stick, it is definitely being a clever wrestler, mm-hmm. and they've been able to book him that way, yeah. and it not necessarily be comedic, but it gets over with the fans.
2: Right. So I'm
1: all for that. I'm all for seeing a more clever approach to his
2: reign as this provisional king of pro wrestling. And to continue on and taking Yano out of the picture, not for the sake that he, not not for any other reason, other than the fact that let's not put a name on it right now. Okay, King of Pro Wrestling, it's kind of a bold name to name of a championship belt. Yes. Especially in that company. Toriano is the 2020 King of Pro Wrestling champion. It doesn't mean anything at this point. This year is the first year that they're able to crown a... Keep in mind, you're you're a provisional champion until the year's over. Okay. That's how the rules work for this title. You're not actually the King of Pro Wrestling. You're the provisional King of Pro Wrestling a- until the year's over. So Toriano, again, is the... 2020 King of Pro Wrestling and currently the 2021 Provisional King of Pro Wrestling so for me let's up the ante here I don't know I'm not saying give them a fucking championship match at Wrestle Kingdom or anything like that because that's the point of the G1 but shouldn't being called King of Pro Wrestling for a whole year's worth or that year's winner shouldn't that mean you get some kind of award other than a trophy because every other trophy they do in New Japan grants you some kind of award A championship match?
1: For whatever reason, I I didn't look at it like that. I've always looked at it as, this is the king of pro wrestling. This provisional championship is meant for you to showcase why you're so versatile. Why you're supposed to be the king of pro wrestling. For me, no. No? No. They do
2: it? It wouldn't surprise me. Fair enough. Well, let's see what they do with the the rest of the year. Um, Let's go ahead and let's talk about some of the non-title matches that took place. Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be brutally honest with you because that's what I do. I'm a very honest guy. I am behind on New Japan. I have not partaken in the viewership of Wrestle Kingdom's Night 1 or 2, nor did I do New Year's Dash. Now, I still got time to do it before, as of this recording, before they started putting out more new stuff. And believe me, I'm going to go ahead and, and enjoy all nights, both nights of the show. The, the again of Wrestle Kingdom, and as well as New Year Dash. Joe, before the uh, before we started recording, told me that uh, he he said the hell with sleep. I'm watching New Japan. I this man loves himself some New Japan d- Pro Wrestling, dude. I sacrificed <laughs> so much sleep. <laughs> I respect that man. I expect and that so much. I I was
1: so caffeinated. It was just. <laughs> what i like i just told matt before we started recording it both nights it was worth it it was absolutely worth it i worked third shift for my for my nine to five gig, so i would you know obviously i'd come home and anybody who knows me in in any instance like i i rarely sleep as it is but you know my four to six hours a night definitely got dwindled down even less if if you can even comprehend (laughs) but it was worth it. I, I had a blast. I, I Like I said, both nights seeing me were, were fucking great. So, non-title, here we go.
2: Non-title matches here. Um, and by the way, if, if you're like me, this is a perfect time to remind everybody out there that if you're like me and you haven't watched yet, it's never too late. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW. You're going to get 30 days. You use that link. Sign up. 30 days absolutely free. You can watch Wrestle Kingdom from now and all the way to the very beginning of time when it started. Yeah, for free within that 30 days. I'm telling you right now, it's 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 the best 30 days that you're going to have watching pro wrestling. New Japan, it is everything is is English friendly, so I don't want to hear any excuses that we can't <laughs> I can't I don't understand Japanese, man. I don't understand any of the languages. I guess what? I don't either. And I enjoy it very much. Their website is it's not even Google translation. It's their actual website is completely translated in English, if that's what you need. No excuses. Sign up. Thirty days for free. Again, it's twenty x twenty crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW. And finally, finally find out what the hell me and Joe are always so giddy about every time we talk about this company. Because Absolutely. If you claim if you even claim you rem- even remotely like wrestling, this is what you need to be watching. Bar none. Absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah. Back to what we were talking about. Non-title matches, night one. We got Tanahashi versus Great O'Khan. Great Okan is a guy that uh, is back from uh, excursion. excursion. Uh, Tomoyuki Oka. I had to look up his name because I forgot what his name was. But uh, he is back. He created this character. Called-
1: I love it, dude.
2: <laughs> created this character called Great O'Con. Uh he started in uh, Revolution Pro Wrestling based out in England he is back here in New 42 Japan and o. 42 and 0 42 and 0 in Ref Pro and he took on the ace not really popular between me and Joe me and Joe these days go home <laughs> but uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi Great Okan it goes up about 17 minutes what was your opinion on this match
1: So, during the commentary, uh, Kevin Kelly mentions that this is not the first time, nor will it be the last, as long as the Ace is still a functioning pro wrestler, Mm -hmm. to where you have a match where someone comes back from excursion, and immediately they test the Ace, or the Ace wants to test them. Classic storyline there. I get it. It works. All of it worked.
2: You mean a commentator actually plugging a storyline? I'm telling you. Jesus. Wow. Wow. Would have thunk it. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: it was it was a solid match. I love the character. I think he brings something a little bit different, especially in New Japan, you know, everybody's strong style based. And not that he isn't, mm-hmm. but the way he does it, he's got certain strikes that no one else does, certain moves that no one else does. He's really thought about this character and he's definitely setting himself apart from the rest of the roster. And he needs to do that. They immediately brought up the idea of the ace and retirement. You could tell his knees were bothering him a lot during the match, but he kept pushing himself and, and I think uh, unfortunately that's a fault of his because after the match you could tell like he was legitimate in his aches. you know, it wasn't him, you know trying to pull off some kayfabe shit he was hurting but he finished the match so match was great i i enjoyed all of it i enjoyed the commentary the commentary definitely played a bigger stake than i thought it was going to for me
2: Mm -hmm. but loved it
1: loved every bit of it now
2: i think it's fair for me to say and 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 this may or may not deter you for continuing listening uh as of right now but there's going to be some spoilers here I think we kind of established that in the last yeah. <laughs> last match. Yeah. Uh, we are going to spoil things, so if you don't want to be spoiled, please watch the shows and then come back and listen to our review for this. the The end result, Tanahashi picks up the victory. Is this a match that Great Oka needed to win, or his, is his victory getting a match with the ace? No matter how we feel about Tanahashi, he is the ace. is Is that already the victory, or did or should he have gotten the win here?
1: No, that's exactly what this was. Him getting a match with the ace is. Is his victory because he the ace put him over in this match? That that, that guy has a bright future in in no, in whatever organization he decides he wants to stay with. The way the match went off, I'm I'm completely satisfied. I can't wait to watch him wrestle Fair again. Enough. Nothing got taken away from the ace. You know he gave he gave more than his all. And like I said, it's an excellent match.
2: Very uh, very similar to what we saw a few years ago against uh, between. Tanahashi and a young Jay White. Yes, Um, which
1: was brought up during the commentary.
2: So the other one that happened in night one, non-title, Kazuchika Okada, not in the main event for the first time in probably a long time, or in a main event-esque match, if you will, as far as championships are concerned. Kazuchika Okada, Will Osprey Again, I haven't seen it. I'm hoping that you say potential match of the year candidate. This match goes about. This goes. This match goes over thirty-five minutes, which is absolutely insane.
1: So they booked it as a special attraction man? Yes, yeah. It it was every every bit of the word special. A match of the year. It's definitely in contention. Absolutely. Fair enough, man. That's what I wanted to hear. Um, thirty-five minutes. It blew by. I mean. You've, you've, I mean, sincerely, like, you and I have sat through matches that were longer than that and were like, fuck, when is it going to end? Mm -hmm. Not this match. This match was like, boom, boom, it's done. They're like, wait a minute, that was 35 minutes? Mm -hmm. Fuck, where'd the time go? It, It was great. It was great to see Will Ospreay elevating himself and his character adding adding a little bit more to his repertoire by doing less. I know that sounds weird, but he's he's finally found this this nice mix of style and substance to where he is doing a little bit less, but it's more meaningful and he's he's coming across a much more well-rounded performer. He definitely showcased that during this match with Kazuchika Okada. So yes, absolutely. For me anyway, definitely going to be on that match of the year contenders list
2: i that's one of those things one of those matches that's you know i've i've almost considered just like trying to find it online even though i, I can i have the streaming service of course but it's one of those matches that when i first saw it being booked i just i immediately i mean you talk about the goosebumps because that right there and again, I'm and I'm so glad that New Japan didn't force some kind of fucking title in it because they did that a few times last year, where it's like we got to give somebody a belt because we got to make this a championship match. There's no need for it. There was never a need for it. I mean, the storyline's purposes. You got Okada, the leader of Chaos. You got Will Ospreay who turned to heel back in October, left Chaos in the way that he did it. You know, he's also in another group called the Empire, which I think is now called United Empire. I'm not mistaken.
1: I believe so, yeah. But,
2: you know, which is he's formed with Great O'Con and Jeff Cobb as well as uh, B Priestley. It's just, it's one of those, again, special attraction grudge matches. Um, you know, Will Ospreay, uh, always has always been, you know, he's kind of like Mr. Wrestle Kingdom at this point, which is great because he's, he's put on some of the best matches that that company has seen at that particular event. Will Ospreay the last few years went from being great to, to just being so goddamn good, I don't. I mean, there's just I don't. Where do you go? Where do you go from here as far as superstardom goes? And he'll show you in this match. And I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. And uh, I, I, Okada picks up the victory. Thirty-five minutes, forty-one seconds, and I'm telling you right now, I don't, I don't feel like that's long enough, and I haven't even watched the fucking match yet. <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving along here, there was a uh, actually there wasn't many title matches in night one in particular. No, no, no. But we did have uh, some essentially number one contendership type style of matches, including uh, Kenta defending the right to challenge for the. United States Championship against Satoshi Kojima. I I don't know. I don't remember this match even being booked. I don't know if there was like a last minute kind it, of thing. No,
1: you know what? You know what it was. It was it was Kenta versus someone else, and then something happened to where the spot needed to be filled, and so Kojima stepped up and okay. took the spot. Fair enough. Again, this was one of those matches. Not that I, I expect a whole lot from Kojima, because, you know, he's up there. But he really stepped it up. It wasn't just his, like, run-of-the-mill performance that you would see during a tag match or something of that nature. Yeah. He brought it, man. He brought it against Kenta. Kenta, Kenta brought it right back. For me, this was, like, like, one of those hidden gem matches during the night, because I didn't expect too much from it. Mm. I knew it wasn't going to be a bad match. But they definitely impressed. Me.
2: Was it Kojima very much in his early MLW days?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what that was. That's
2: I mean, oh my god, guys! Seriously, check out check out MLW Underground on Fusion. They're releasing all the old episodes from I believe it was 2003, maybe 2002. Yeah, like no, that. I want to say it was all three. 03. Yeah. I mean, and Kojima being their champ at the time. Holy shit. There some, there's some there's some amazing matches on there. And I'm so glad that they're releasing it. I think they're doing it every week until every episode's released and on YouTube.
1: He's in great shape for his age, and he dude, he went. He went against Kenta, and like I said, it's no easy task. And no, I know, I know. And then fucking like I said, Kenta, he fucking brought it. He was like, fuck this. You think I'm just gonna <laughs> just give up? Fuck that.
2: So, no surprise here. Kojima doesn't win, but Kenta wins. He's the number one contender. This is the night Moxley appears, right? Yes. So, Moxley appears. Are we finally going to get this match? If if so, is it going to be anytime soon, or are we going to wait and see for a while?
1: Moxley appeared on the screen, and he appeared in a United States New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo, which means... He has direct access to Kenta, because Kenta's been wrestling there. So, yes, we are going to see this match. Don't know if it has a date yet, but... It seems to be looming much more closer than it has been in previous months. Um, especially now that Moxley is no longer AEW world champ, I could see it definitely happening sooner mm-hmm. than later. I think that was part of the issue. And and to, to throw a little kayfabe in there, uh, fucking, you know, his wife's pregnant now, so I would assume this gets done sooner than soon so that he can focus on having time uh, with her during the pregnancy. You sure. Know? Yeah, so.
2: well there you have it. Hopefully it happens soon. I mean I don't think it's any any surprise that Moxley's probably going to drop that belt to Kenta. More than likely they've they've thrown surprises at me before. We'll see, right. but <clears throat> I think it's a, a kind of a clear cut you know thing here.
1: And I want to say one thing before we go to the next match. Yes, yes. there I had a discussion with a fan of the show about Kenta and how they just they they don't get Kenta. And all I will say is this. Kenta's like a slow burn. If you let him work his style of match, which this match was, you get to see the exact heel that he's he is and and how he's supposed to be a heel. He has he puts his own spin on it. He's he's not necessarily the most exciting guy when he gets to work his style of match as a heel and strong style. Fucking forget about it. You're looking at Kenta extraordinaire, and that's what this match was. Kojima definitely helped him do that and again kudos to both of those guys working very synergistically during this match. It it definitely lended a lot to the match.
2: I'm gonna break I'm gonna piggyback on what you said and one thing that I do in my studying of, of IT, one thing that I've always done in IT is I take technical terms and I break it down to that essentially layman's terms. Okay. So I wanna break it down for WWE marks out there. And bear with me here because you're gonna you might scoff what I'm about to say at first. <laughs> So bear with me because okay. it, it does have a point. Kenta, I you look at somebody like like Randy Orton, okay, and, and his character, what he's supposed to be. Randy Orton is a guy that picks you apart, that fucks with your your head. His character is, you know, he's this manipulative wrestler that is there to just tear apart a body part or whatever it is, and just get in your head. Right, that's what Randy Orton is. Yeah. Rand Jordan doesn't do that. At least not I don't see that. I don't I don't see what they're fucking talking about. Kenta, non character like, does that in his wrestling and he always has. That's one thing that I've always loved about Kenta is that even when he's not being vicious, he is picking apart somebody in ways that even sometimes even the commentators miss. And <laughs> it's it's fucking crazy. It's crazy how undervalued this guy has been throughout a good chunk of his career. I think some of his best moments here in the United States especially was definitely Ring of Honor because that was a crowd and a wrestling like staff, if you will, roster, I should say, that actually could work with him in that sense. Because you do need you do need some selling as well, because obviously again we're talking K Fave here. But Kenta is one of those guys that picks part guys in ways That you won't see throughout the rest of the night.
1: Here's the difference between Randy Orton and Kenta. Here we go. There's many differences. Well, here we go. (laughs) I get what you're saying, Mm -hmm. and and this is the difference. Randy Orton is is supposed to be that same persona, right? Yeah, right, right. But Mm -hmm. he only is to a lot of people who watch him because their commentary team is telling you so, not because of the shit he does in the ring. Right. He's not doing his job if he's supposed to be that character. Mm-hmm. Kenta, on the other hand, does mm-hmm. that shit in the ring and then some. And then he does it to the point where the commentators have no choice but to mention what he's doing, which just further puts him over.
2: Right. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, again, too, is another one of those guys that...
1: Sorry, folks. That's just the way it is, man. It,
2: it, it is. He's one of those guys that you really, you really need to appreciate him while he's still actively wrestling full-time because... He's one of those guys that when his career's over, you're going to look back at all of his matches and you're like god damn, this guy was one of the best.
1: Do you know where Randy Orton up uh, one ups Kenta as far as this battle goes? Let's hear it. Social media. Okay. Because if if and when Kenta decides to chime in on social media, it literally is you could like verbatim like a, a promo he cut either after one of his matches or whatever Randy Orton on the other hand will comment on other companies and other performances <laughs> and shit like that and yeah. he gets himself over as a heel that way I think that's it's a plus for Randy Orton sure. in his character but in the ring he needs work
2: Randy Orton's never had he's
1: come. He's become complacent
2: he has uh, that shit he's doing right now too is is so laughable Yeah, it's so laughable it's not even funny <laughs> um Randy Orton also has never had uh, an entire Tokyo Dome tell him to go home. So <laughs> I I rest my case there. So, yeah, if me. you ever needed <laughs> if you
1: ever ever needed an example of what a heel should be, that fucking match, that show was like the epitome of being heel. How do
2: you how do you one up turning your back on your mentor who stuck his neck out for you in a company that didn't want you. And you turn your back on him. And you mock him. Doing his po—did You do his own pose on top of On top his of body. him. Yeah. <laughs> how do you one up that? You spoil one of the best moments in New Japan Pro Wrestling history. Double champion crown. And you make it about you. Yeah. That's yeah. how you do That's it. That's how you do it. You piss off an entire. Basically an entire country at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Randy Orton can't say that. No, so. nope. But we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and, <So>. we're <laughs> and we're jealous. And we're jealous. You know, I wish I was. I am jealous of Kent. I, w- I wish oh, yeah. I was as big of a heel as he was. <laughs> I try, though. I try.
1: Well, if if I ever find pictures of you of you sitting on top of somebody, I know what's going on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the other uh, the other like number one contendership involved the best of the Super Juniors winner versus the Super J Cup winner. Rumu Takahashi versus El Fantasmo. Oh my
1: God! What a fucking match! Uh. And this this officially
2: starts the show.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I,
2: I am jumping on the card a little bit here, but this officially starts the show. From your initial reaction, I say pretty good start.
1: Oh, it was fucking great. Oh man, I you know when they so they start the show and they're like right off the bat, this is the match they they're gonna start the show with, and I'm like, you've got to be joking me, <laughs> you know. But it it set the night off with a bang, and that's an understatement. And just watching... I tell you what, if, if there's anybody that I've personally seen grow and get better as a performer in the ring during this pandemic, it's El Fantasmo. Holy fucking shit, this guy. This guy is oozing, oozing with potential... He's not even at his peak yet, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. And to watch him wrestle this match was... This is like a fucking instant classic. There's no doubt about it. And I, I'm i am sure I'm going to get somebody giving me heat. Like, oh, you sound like Dave Meltzer. Well, i tell you what. You go and watch that fucking match
2: and tell me you disagree. Tell me you fucking disagree with me. He's that damn good. I mean, you, you don't have to sell me on it. I mean... <clears throat> <laughs> Takahashi versus Phantasmo, that was another one of those matches for me personally, too. I'm looking at it, and I love the junior heavyweights. I love Takahashi. I've said it so many times. I'm so glad that he's back and wrestling full-time, and I'm glad that El is back in Japan where he belongs. Yes. Holy shit, man. I'm, I I can't wait for that match. Uh, Takahashi wins the match, and we're going to talk about him later because he earned the right to compete in night two. You for know the- how
1: the show started? Phantasmo's coming down, he's the first one out. Okay. And Phantasmo's coming down and he's got the fucking the, the championship jacket from the Super J Cup. Okay. And he's just fucking throwing it, stepping on it, down, down the ramp, all the way down. People are fucking just like
2: hissing and shit at him and he's telling them to fuck off and oh my god, it was great. Absolutely great. Ladies and gentlemen, that that just reminds me, I gotta say it again, I gotta keep rubbing it in everybody's face. The, these guys that we're talking about here, Kenta, El Fantasmo, who do, who, who do they wrestle with? Who do they run with? The Bullet Club. I don't want to hear any of this <laughs> shit that Bullet Club died. <laughs> they are just running with this fucking company and doing whatever the fuck they want. No fucks given, as they say. And uh, it's it continues. And speaking of the Bullet Club, Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, they, they, they won World Tag League. I don't, can't remember the fucking name of the, the tournament. <laughs> but uh, they uh, they take on the defending IWGP Tag Team Champions, Dangerous Techers. I love this team. Taichi and Zach Sabre Jr. I'm torn. You know, I've always been such a big fan of G.O.D. This match goes just a little under 20 minutes. What is your take on the tag team? Did it deliver or did it leave you wanting more?
1: I had a problem with this match.
2: Okay. First match, you've had a problem with
1: it. Yeah. So and, and it, 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 nothing against the, the performers. They were great. It was it was a hell of a match.
2: Okay. That's what I like to hear.
1: But G O D they they obviously won the match. They won the <laughs> titles for a record setting seventh time. Okay. So congrats to them. But the fans have now officially made Dangerous Techers baby faces. Oh. And I have a problem with that because they are Suzuki
2: Goons. Yes. That is a major be, problem. who should
1: be the biggest fucking heels in the company. So I don't know how this is going to work now, but during that match, clearly, G.O.D. were were the heels. I thought it was going to go the opposite way, but that's not what happened. That's my issue with this match, but it was, it was a phenomenal match. They could have went longer, and it still would have been relevant, but I think 20 minutes
2: was a good mark mm-hmm. for what they put on. Are you okay with G.O.D. as the seven-time tag champs? Is it, is it fitting?
1: It, it is fitting, and I'll tell you why. Because, well, I'll, I'll say a little bit because just in case we get into it later in the show, because okay. there's going to be a lot to say. But yeah, sure. I think it's uh, fitting for them because of what's going on with the Bullet Club and other companies.
2: That's a good. That's a good place to leave it. Uh, we'll jump. We'll jump right to the main event of the night. Kota Ibushi challenges Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. The second longest match of the nights, 31 minutes, 18 seconds. New champion, Kota Ibushi. What was your take on Abushi versus Naito?
1: I was shocked. Okay. I, I was shocked. I was so sure Naito was going to win that title. And they fooled me again. They fucking fooled me. I was I was hooked. I was hooked immediately. Definitely, again, one of those match of the year contenders. You
2: know, I I hate this. I hate to sound like a fucking broken record, but (laughs) we do this every year, though. Yeah, it's fine because we we say this every single year. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because
1: a lot of people, you know, will say the words match of the year, and people are like, "Oh, it wasn't that great." You have to understand, folks. When I say match of the year, when Matt says match of the year, it isn't just the in-ring performance. It's the commentating. It's the way the fans respond. Mm-hmm. It's it's the entire experience of a wrestling match. That's, for us, that's what a match of the year contender should be. It has to have all of those things present for it to be considered. And this match was one of those matches. You had that story that culminated for that long period of time now it's finally coming to fruition who gets the the title who has to go on and take on jay white the next night without having 24 hours rest you know all that got built into this match they did not disappoint to see ibushi level up and and really step up to the plate it elevated the match it elevated him naito helped him do that it was it was phenomenal, man. I, I can't speak highly enough about this man. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I'm I'm disheartened, man. I really wanted to see Naito keep that fucking title. <laughs> I really did because I was so looking forward to a Los Ingobernables versus Bullet Club main event. Russell Kingdom. Uh, yeah, for me, that would you know that's a whole other storyline that I still want to see. Mm-hmm. And again, that's kudos mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. New Japan Booking because that is that is fantasy booking. Yes, that hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. That that really could potentially happen. Whereas other companies who will rename nameless right now, <laughs> just ditch storylines here, there, and everywhere. Right. So
2: Koto though is is the champ, double champion, first time ever heavyweight champion for him. Obviously, it's a big deal. Is he ready for that?
1: So at the end of the match, mm-hmm. he was he was so out of it. It was almost like he had an out of body experience. Like he did not know where the fuck he was. So they counted the three, and he it was like he didn't he didn't acknowledge. And the referees telling him like, "Hey, you won, you won, get up." And he's just like he was in awe. He was stunned. And then for a minute there, you're thinking like, "Well, shit, did because they were going at each other pretty good. Like maybe he's concussed." And no, he was just so taken back. And then it finally hit him, and he. He broke down in the ring and, you know, he just kind of balled up in a fetal position and he cried a little bit. And Is he ready? He has no choice but to be. <laughs> fair,
2: fair, fair, fair enough. <laughs>
1: because if you look at his schedule coming up, spoiler uh, right here, the first person to challenge him, Sonata. So Sonata is, his, is going to be his first title defense officially. <laughs> And that's coming up uh, here at the end of January. After that, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say o- Okada's <laughs> back. At, he's going to be like one of the first three matches. So Sonata, Okada, and then I forgot who else they said was also announced already. And it's like, fuck, you just got that title. Yeah, that was my that was my thinking going into this because I was so sure. Neither was going to win. So then when Ibushi wins, I'm like, he's only got, he's got less than 24 hours to keep this fucking title. And then Jay White's taking it. And boy, how I was wrong. I was so sure. As immaculate as his performance was and how he stepped it up, I, I just thought Jay White had his number. I really did. I thought, I was like, man, he's not that experienced in, in being a heavyweight champ and it's going to cost him, and he'll lose it 24 hours later. Boy, was I wrong, <clears throat> in a good way.
2: So, you know, New Japan's one of those companies that, for me, one thing that happens a lot of pro wrestling when you watch, watch a lot, you kind of see things that you've seen before. Sure, you know yeah. it, happens, oh, yeah. it happens a lot. Um, that's just being an experienced wrestling fan. You watch it a lot. So Kota Bushi wins the G1 last year. Doesn't walk out with any belts last year. Wins the G1. I should say 2019 doesn't win yes. doesn't win any belts in 2020. Wrestle Kingdom wins the G1 last year. Officially, you know 2020 two years in a row G1 winner. For me, going in there as much as I want to agree with you, I just that wrestling fan of me is like, they're not going to have him win it twice and goose egg. It could happen, especially in new Japan. I get that. But I just, for me, if I was betting on this match, I would have reluctantly picked Ibushi and I love Ibushi. I love his, his in ring work, but you're right. I, for me, the main event that I wanted to see was Naito two belts versus switchblade. Yeah. I want to see that match. So did I. <laughs> and I, and, and I say that with not with all the love and respect Dakota Ibushi I cannot congratulate the man enough because, I mean, that's, as Kenny Omega said, that's the reason why he stayed. He That was his goal. And, and see, that's,
1: that's the difference with, between New Japan and, and other companies. There is that, there still is that potential for us to see that big name match. And when we get there, it will be a big name yeah. match. It'll have that big fight feel. And that's what a lot of matches and companies they don't have anymore. You know, you look at WrestleMania. I can't remember the last time I felt that way about a WrestleMania. You know.
2: And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get your hopes up this year either. No, I know. <laughs> you know.
1: But Wrestle Kingdom has. It definitely has that big fight feel. Yeah, you know, man. I, I again, I, I can't. I, I know I'm like <clears throat> fucking gushing over here, but dude, it, it was it was great. It it felt really good to be a wrestling watching that.
2: That's night one. Night two took place obviously this, the next night. Uh, by the way, this all took place Tokyo Dome as always, Tokyo Japan. Uh, I made the comment uh earlier er, uh, earlier before we started recording. It was a com- combined attendance. Of 20,490. And I hope it never gets that low again. Obviously, because we're in the midst of a pandemic. For the love of God, one thing that I wish in 2021 is that this damn thing ends. And we get full arenas And
1: you know what? That's still... Those numbers are still a good sign because... 20,000
2: is a lot. They're
1: they're limited to a quarter capacity. Mm -hmm. And you figure when they do sell out the Egg Dome, it's close to 40,000 people. Yeah. So if you're doing a quarter a night... And you're adding those together, you're right about where you need to be.
2: Right, yeah. As far as like attendance goes, like that's they're 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 doing exactly. They're basically selling out. Yeah, is what what they, what, I'm, what we're trying to get to. Obviously, we already talked about the 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 four way match for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling titles. No need to touch on that again. Just a reminder: Toriano is the provisional champion going into the uh, the new beginning tour that's happening in January and February. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Let's move right along. Let's go right into non title matches similar to what we did in the night one. In the night one, there's actually just one here, I, I misread one. But we have really one of those ultimate grudge matches that took place on this show. We're talking Evil versus Sonata, two guys that obviously have teamed with each other for years in L.I.J evil leaves lij joins the bullet club and one was one of the most shocking moments of 2020 for joe and myself and i think a lot of wrestling fans what do you think of this match this match goes about 23 minutes did they did they deliver
1: they delivered sonata i was a little iffy about sonata's performance at the beginning of the match for whatever reason it seemed like he was just tired but it was one of those like evil was like guess what <laughs> you don't have time to be tired because here i am I'm coming to break your fucking face. And because of that, he had no choice but to answer. So by the time the match was over, again, it it kind of blows by, even though they did 20 minutes. It ended up being a decent match. I think in, in an unfortunate manner, Evil carried this match for the both of them. And I, and I don't I'm not sure why it was that way. I don't think it had to, had to be that way, but it ended up working out in the end. but the beginning of the match for me moved kind of slow. Again, you know Sonata's no slouch. you know he has definitely come into his own and I don't think he's there yet. He is getting that title shot some you know sometime soon against Koto Ibushi but it's that I think out of the matches coming up for Koto Ibushi I think that one's the iffiest for me because if Sonata can't get his shit together and and step into his own like we've seen him do before that that's gonna cost
2: Sonata's at an interesting point in his career because Sonata is part of LIJ of course where you have Tetsuya Naito You had Evil, but he left to go to the Bullet Club. You have Bushi and and Takahashi, who are junior heavyweights, and I'm leaving the other guy out on purpose right now. You have an opportunity to kind of like stake your claim as the guy. Yeah. Because Naito, who... I mean, he's not taking a backseat to anybody right now, but he's at that point in his career where... How much higher can he go you know what i mean right sonata is that perfect opportunity and for me i love sonata i love the cold skull the guy who i left out who was who came into the company as junior heavyweight i'm telling you right now if these can continue to go the way they're going that guy shingo takagi he's going to take sonata's spot as number two i could see that and that's a shame because sonata is a legit player and i absolutely love his work but you're absolutely right I haven't seen this match, as I said, but I've seen it in past matches where I'm just like, dude, what is going on with him? Yeah, Because he's a lot better than this. And for me, prior to all this, my thing was like, give it another year or two, and that man's winning the G1. I'm not so sure about that anymore. He's got to get his act together. He does, he does. And that's a shame because he's got a lot to go. He has a lot of talent to work with. Evil, on the other hand... Again, he's doing what he needs to do, hopefully, continues to do that. And what I love about this Bullet Club that we have right now, we've talked about Evil, we talked about Kento, we're going to talk about Jay White. they said it so many times in the past, there's no leader of the Bullet Club, and this version of the Bullet Club is that everybody at any point could be top dog, and we've seen that. And I love that, and I hope they continue with that. Uh, Moving right along here, let's talk the the tag team match, the only tag team match of the Knights. At least, that was on the, the main show. El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanamaru defending the uh, junior heavyweight tag team titles against Rush Taguchi and Master Wado, who apparently call themselves one or eight. Yes. I, I guess. Uh, I'm not so sure what that exactly means. So you got Suzuki-Gun versus Taguchi and Wado. This match goes a little over 13 minutes. This is uh, your second match of the night after the four-way match for the provisional trophy. What is your take on this? And did El Desperado wrestle without the mask? No,
1: he wrestled masked. Okay. Pretty much, fucking no. Sold him being demasked. <laughs> fair, <laughs> you know, fair enough. never happened. Huh? <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I was I was really hoping for Taguchi and Master Wado to have a little more chemistry. Okay. But I think unfortunately, Master Wado is just not there yet. You know, he's still young. He's, yeah. You know, he's. He's he's still fairly new off of excursion and being uh, amidst this pandemic, you know, ha- hasn't helped everybody. And, and I think he's one of those talents that he still has a lot of room to grow, even though he's he's found his his persona. So I'm looking forward. You know, he's got definitely got a bright future, but that definitely was not their night. And the match the match was just okay mm-hmm. because of that. You know what it was like? It was like watching two guys just be putting the ring together. Like, here, you guys go go fight these guys. And the other guys are like Team Fucking Supreme. Well oiled machine.
2: They've been here before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: And they were, you know, it was funny because the commentators were putting over the Suzuki Goon team because normally he'll bring a full bottle of whiskey. Yeah. And it was half. He's like, well, maybe he didn't, he thought he didn't need the whole bottle <laughs> because it's it's Taguchi and, and uh, Master Wado. And, and they did it, or yeah. he did it, you know?
2: So, Suzuki-Goon, they're still champs. Let's talk about the, the, the junior heavyweight tag team division here because it seems that the past few years, we've kind of had the same tag team. Suzuki-Goon, and I'm by that I mean Desperado and, and Kanamaru and Roppongi 3K. And before that, you had the Young Bucks as well. Obviously, they're not with the company anymore. You got a junior heavyweight tag team division, but it doesn't seem like you have a lot of junior heavyweights there fighting for that title do do, do they got to fix that because as much as i love suzuki gun as much as i love rapongi 3k you know hopefully yo gets you know he feels better soon and gets back to to wrestling and teaming up with show assuming that they don't break them up at this point i mean can they even afford to break them up because i mean there's really not a lot of competition in that division is this a title that is in danger at this case or do they need to start recruiting or start booking tag teams more for that division
1: yes Yes to all of that. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, common sense, if you have a tag team division, mm-hmm. no matter what the weight class is or whatever, you have to have tag teams. Yeah. It's, it's as you know, simple as that. Even the WWE marks are in there like, yes, yes, that's what needs to go on. Because <laughs> that's what a WWE mark sounds like. That's what me. I picture, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, you have to have tag teams if you don't have tag teams. If you don't have viable tag teams... It's going to show. Yeah, It's as simple as that. So luckily for New Japan, they're not owned by someone who hates tag teams, but still wants to have tag team divisions. Mm -hmm. They have that going for them. Hopefully, here's my thing, and I'll I'll say it really quickly and I'll leave it at that because I'm not going to go into it. But hopefully they do business with other companies soon to get their tag teams a to them. Yep. There you
2: go. I have a feeling before before we hit end, we're going we're going to talk about this a little bit more. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> a few more matches here on on, on this card on or on the show. We talked about Shingo Takagi. He is the current Never Openweight champion going into the show, night 2 of Wrestle Kingdom of course. He defends it against the third member of the Empire or United Empire, not the Carpet guys.
0: 5882300 Empire
2: <laughs> People from Chicago know what oh, yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> Five eight eight. Oh uh, boy. Shingo Shingo Takagi defends the never open weight championship against Jeff Cobb. This match goes about a little over 21 minutes. uh Takagi versus Cobb. Did, did was this a slugfest? That I hope that it was. Jesus Christ. I take that as a yes. You know Cobb's what over 300 pounds. If he's not, he's pushing in the upper two hundreds. Okay, he's a for big sure. Boy. Yeah. And then
1: you've got Takagi, who's not far behind him.
2: Yeah, he's he's solid muscle too. Not that Kyle's a slouch
1: Right. So <laughs> yes, complete slugfest. That's what I wanted to hear. I'm glad it went the amount of time that it did because they were pretty much gassed by the end of the match. Kind of to be expected, you know. Two big guys, you know, you're. You got you got them Death Valley drivers to each other and shit and they're picking each other up. Like yeah. I don't know about you, when's the last time you picked up someone your size or bigger? You know what I'm saying? Like fuck. <laughs> and you're going to do that for like 15 to 20 yeah. minutes? Yeah. Like <laughs> you're you're going to be fucking tired. It's it's weird to me though because I actually had uh, a little bit of a comparison to go by when it came to, like, big man matches. Uh, Recently, I I was doing research for an upcoming episode, and I was watching Big Van Vader versus Stan Hansen. And you want to talk about two big motherfuckers going at it. For that to happen, and those two guys pull that off, even if it was for, I I can't remember, I think that was, like, close to the 13-minute mark between Vader and Hansen. Okay. You... You know anybody in their right mind like these two guys are fucking massive they don't have that stamina or they shouldn't have that stamina but they did it was kind of the same thing with these two guys although Hanson and Vader pulled it off better in my opinion but I think it be beca- it's just because of uh, experience you know though they've they've been doing it longer and much more frequently especially against each other so that's all I can say it was a good match and and Cobb is one strong motherfucker. So yeah, is single yeah. Takagi, Takagi, but
2: surprised. yeah. But sp-
1: uh, good lord, I mean, yeah. If 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 you're looking for a big man fight, you fucking got it. You got
2: it big, <laughs> man. I'm telling you what, man. My my blood is boiling in all the right ways to, to finally sit down and fucking watch this. Takagi is the never open weight champion. Still, he wins. He he retains the title. What's 2021 going to be for for Takagi? I mean, is this going to be the year that he... You know, does he win the New Japan Cup? Is this going to be the year that he wins G1? Or is he going to just be... Is he he right where he needs to be at Never Openweight Champion?
1: You know what I think? I think he could do any of those things. But I think because of the way things are going with the company... Mm -hmm. I think he is right where he needs to be. He's going to be that guy that holds that fucking title for quite a while... Even if it's on and off, he's going to have it a majority of the year. I say that because he is the benchmark for what a never weight open champ should be. And I think this is where in previous years before Shingo was there, they were trying to do with Goto. Yeah. And Goto just couldn't do it or couldn't do it all the time. I know part of it was him being hurt, Mm -hmm. but you've got Takagi in there now and goddamn man. Like, if there was ever the epitome of a never-weight open champ, it's this guy. Yeah, and it,
2: and it makes sense, too, because he, he he recently jumped from junior heavyweight to heavyweight. He's had wars with all-weight classes. And
1: again, I'm hoping they do business with other companies, because if that's the case...
2: Joe, I have no idea what the hell you're even talking about, <laughs> man. <laughs> Speaking of junior heavyweights, junior heavyweight championship, Taichi Ishimori defends against Hiromu Takahashi... This match goes a little over about twenty-five and a half minutes, a little little over that mark. Takahashi takes the title. What you think of the match?
1: I thought it was dead. I really thought it was dead. There was a spot where the Bone Soldier came off the top rope. If I'm not mistaken, he did a he was he either did a frog splash or a four-fifty onto the arm of of the Time Bomb, and uh, he was already wrestling with a, a broken hand. You talking about? Takashi? Yes. Okay. So, like, periodically during the match, like, he would go to hard chop the bone soldier, and, like, he'd do it, but he'd immediately fucking regret it. And so throughout the match, he was wrestling hurt, and when he hit that fucking splash onto his arm, the, the fucking scream he let out was, like, blood-curdling. I really thought they were going to call a match after that, and they didn't. But it was that kind of a match. And for him to come back and win it, again, it was one of those performances reminiscent of the ace during the first night. Mm -hmm. Where he pushed himself. You could tell he was pushing himself just to get through the match. It made for a little more depth to the match. Which, for me, it was a good thing. I really enjoyed the performance. Hell of a match. Again, the commentators sold it. About how Bone Soldier was pissed off because you know here's the time bomb getting all the publicity and shit, and you know he's not champ, and yeah, so all that shit went on and it it worked out. It worked out well. It was uh, they definitely made it
2: worthy of the spot they were given in the card, second to last. And uh, you bring up an interesting point that I kind of I I've talked about in the past. It kind of just reminded me, so I'm gonna talk about it with you right here. You talk about strong style and what that means, but I think what and a lot of us know what that kind of means as far as wrestling style now. But I I think a lot of it goes hand in hand too with is what you've talked about with Tanahashi. We talked about now with with Takahashi is that when guys get hurt in the United States, it's not just one particular company. I'm going to pick on. Okay, but a lot of times it's like, well, we got to stop this match somehow. We got to. Figure out a way to speed up the process. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do because you don't want long-term injuries. Right. So I get that. I'm not shitting on anybody. I'm not shitting on the American style. But it seems to be that, that Japanese strong style approach is, I don't give a fuck if I'm hurt. If I can move, I'm doing the match, and we're doing it the way that we plan. Yeah, that's the first statement. And then, and as far as the the overall gist of of, of strong style and, and, and that mentality, is this a good thing for wrestling? Because, it, again, it's, it leads to good spots. I get that. But aren't you just playing with some really, really fucking hot fire here? Wrestling hurt in, in that sense. Yeah to that level you are
1: you really are and you know what kills me you've got a a lot of the old schoolers especially the very vocal ones like Jim Cornette these days where he'll tell you you're doing too much Mm -hmm. and I I totally get that point of view why have to do something if it doesn't necessarily mean anything just to do it I totally get that work smart not hard Mm -hmm. but There's a big difference between being a fucking spot monkey and working through an injury.
2: Sure. sure. Okay? Mm -hmm. And
1: a lot of people don't understand that. You know, here we have, we've got IWTV on on one of the television sets here in the background Mm -hmm. watching No Holds Barred, number nine. ICW. ICW. Mm -hmm. Just look at the shit they're putting themselves through. It's, yeah, I mean. Jim Cornette would have a fucking aneurysm if he watched this, you know? I'm, I'm
2: having an aneurysm. <laughs> I, I mean, we, we've seen we've seen too much in this one match alone. It's just, it's getting, it's going too far.
1: But even, but if you look at a match like this, look at that. One, two, three, I'm sure he's going to do, The you know, entire box. Uh, an entire box of the long light bulbs. He's beating on them. You go through something like that and you're like, why the fuck are these guys doing it? And they could easily get hurt. This is something completely different than watching Takahashi take his broken hand and slap somebody with it.
2: Sure, you I know, agree with that. Yeah.
1: To each their own. That's why strong style works. Mm-hmm. You know where you're getting. You know what yeah. you're getting into. It's
2: not for everybody.
1: It's not for everybody. For those of you who have a problem with strong style, one, don't watch it, and two, don't get yourself into it. Don't, you know, don't get yourself booked in Japan, thinking <laughs> yeah. you're gonna you're gonna
2: be immune to it. Because guess what, you're not. And I think it's fitting to to also just real quick remind everybody that they have a whole training regimen called the dojo. They're built for this. That that, that trains you for yeah. this shit. You know, it, it is a, it is a different mindset. You you literally live at the dojo. You you sleep there. You eat there. You train there. You work there. You know, so, yeah, it's – I just wanted to bring up that point because I've had conversations like that, and I've had somebody say, what's the difference between somebody working injured? They, they mentioned the, the Juice Robinson For the broken hand of the G1 a few years ago. Versus somebody that, uh, you know, they didn't necessarily mention this kind of wrestling. This is very hardcore backyard style wrestling. But like a hardcore wrestler, if you will. You helped elaborate a lot more to my point. You know, it is a different mindset. Also, too, I don't know these two guys in this ring off the top of my head. I think I've seen one of them work before. A lot of this deathmatch style wrestling... I, I, I do enjoy it from time to time. It's not for me all the time, but from time to time, sure. But it is not as highly trained no, or dedicated no. to their craft as Strong Style by any means. So that's the major difference. Speaking of major difference, we we have a main event that's actually worthwhile as far as whether it's the one that we particularly wanted or not. It is one of those matches going into where you can actually be proud of saying, hey, this is my main event. <laughs> Again, it's probably not going to happen in April. So,
0: you know. And and,
2: and, and I do want to talk about that a little bit. Just okay, a little bit. Okay. But let's get to this match first. The main event, night two, Wrestle Kingdom. Kota Bushi defends the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championship. Again, both belts on the line against a Switchblade, JY. This match, longest match of all the shows, 48 minutes long. What is your take on the match? As you you mentioned earlier, Kota Bushi is still double champion. Jay White loses. First off, before we talk about anything else, as far as post-match is concerned, what is your thoughts? What is your review of the actual match?
1: Instant classic. I know Meltzer gave it five and a quarter star. It's just fresh in my mind. You mentioned Meltzer a lot. I I know. (laughs) It's just fresh in my mind because I've seen it. I see. I seen, enough, I seen the enough. rating. <laughs> you know me. anybody who knows me, I could give two shits about that. But sure, I'm, sure. I'm just trying to give people flesh out a, a scenario here. Fair enough. I don't. I don't believe in those stars. But I tell you what, for me, it was an instant classic. Fair enough. Match of the year, right now, and and I'm more than likely going to be talking about this in December. Because I don't see... I don't know how they're going to top it. But it had story. The commentators were great. The match itself was great. They pulled it off. I mean, it, it had everything you could ever want in a main event. It had that big fight feel. You had Jay White being heel fucking extraordinaire. To the point where he started the match by taking multiple powders. Just to piss up. It was It was fucking phenomenal. And I loved every... Bit of those forty-eight or forty-nine minutes. I, I can't. I can't speak enough about it, man. I I, I watched it uh, four times already. <laughs> Jesus
2: Christ. So yeah, I, I I think it's fair to say that we're gonna be talking about this in December. Obviously, something that I need to watch. Something that I look forward very much to watching. Kota Bushi again is double champion. Couple couple things we need to talk about as far as the post match uh, scenario here. I want to talk about the JY one second. Let's talk about the Kodobushi aspect first. Okay, because Kodobushi has now come out and said he wants to unify those belts, which we mentioned we, we've previously. Talked, yeah. Yes, we have talked about that. Do you think New Japan's going to do that? Have we seen? Is twenty twenty one going to be the year where the Intercontinental Championship is no more, or unified? I should say
1: it's going to be interesting. Because if they they if they grant him that if they're smart and I know they are if they do that, that's great. You know whatever they do with that, that's fine. But what they ought to do is kind of take a page out of this King of Pro Wrestling thing. Book the titles towards whoever your champion is at the moment. So with A if he wants them unified, let them be unified. But whoever's the champ next after him, let them have the. the the decision to ununify unify those titles, do them separately. I say that because it gives them a lot of leeway in not only cards coming up, mm-hmm. because we're still within a pandemic, so it gives you a lot of back and forth with the changing of your cards, especially last minute. But again, I'm hoping that they work with other companies. And I would love to see that IC title go on uh, somebody else from a different company. So
2: you're saying long-term.
1: I'm looking at the long-term. Keep,
2: yes. keep the intercontinental title. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I, I think new Japan has the right amount of belts because that's, that company does seem to continue to expand just when, even during a pandemic, it does continue to expand. Uh, and and for the simple reason that it's a place that you actually would want to work <laughs> and make good money off. Of All that. right. I agree with that. I I, I hope that they don't uh, get rid of the Intercontinental title. I hope they continue it long term. But I don't want to see that happen anytime soon. I, I, I mean, as far as splitting the belts. Let, let's, see, let's see what this kid got. Let's see what yeah, he's got. Yeah. You know, he's, he said he's got no choice but to uh, step well, up his and, game. Let's see and, what he's see, got. see,
1: that's the thing. It's like, that is kind of a bold moved by him but I get it you know he wants to be world heavyweight champ and he wants to set himself apart this is the way to do it whether he gets his wish or not that's one thing but I'm all for him trying to prove that that hey I'm the one worthy of unifying the, the belts behind
2: now we got, let's talk about let's talk about Switchblade here because Switchblade post uh, Wrestle Kingdom comments at an interview. I'm gonna let you take the floor with this because you you definitely surprised me because you had nothing but great things to say about it. So the floor is yours. Talk about Jay White and then we'll go more into detail with it.
1: So, regardless of whether you're a winner or a loser on any given night. At a New Japan show, the backstage comments or interviews are always a little interesting. One because they're uncensored, and the the wrestlers will tell you exactly what the, what's on their mind. And two, you you really never know what to expect. I mean, if you're a babyface on the card, you you tend to say babyface things, and that's that. But okay fine but if you're a heel like I've seen (laughs) I've seen countless heels just talk a bunch of shit that you normally wouldn't get anywhere else you know it's always interesting and, and fun and refreshing but Jay White took it to a completely different level he walked in well he barely walked in and he sat down and he went on this diatribe About mental health and how he didn't know if if he couldn't fulfill what he thought was his destiny with the company then why the fuck was he there anymore and he he said it he's like I am contractually obligated to show up at the next show and that's it and then I'm done so he's like do I even want to do this anymore He's like, I miss my family. And he just went into this whole spiel and he's you know, he's telling the, the press there, like, you guys have no idea what I've been through just to, to to get here. He's like, This was supposed to be my destiny. He fucking lost it, folks. He he broke down, he was crying. It was very powerful television. And we will actually I'm I'm going to put the the entire uncensored promo here at the end of this episode for you guys to listen to. I think it's really important. And I was telling Matt, this is instant classic promo for me. And I've watched a lot of fucking successful promos over my years of watching professional wrestling. This is up there, folks. Whether or not he's still legitimately under contract to them, or this is some sort of work, you cannot help but watch that and be moved somehow, some way. Whether you hated the promo or you love the promo. And that is the sign of a classic promo. I can't, I can't speak enough about his performance in the ring. What he said afterwards. Man, it kills me to think that he's just going to give up now. After having this shot and waiting all this time. But I would, I totally understand that why he would. Again, I, I feel the need to bring up other companies, and I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. But there's another person from a different company who kind of said the same thing, all without doing a promo like that. And w- w- I'm sure we'll get to that later. But holy shit, like the w- the world—if he decides to go elsewhere, the world is his fucking oyster. For me, right now, Jay White literally one of the top five fucking working professional wrestlers
2: in the world holy shit wow hell of a fucking compliment there jay white this is this was released a day or two prior to us recording this is about mid-january as we're doing this he's still being booked through march as of right now so nothing is being officially done as far as that goes. I believe his contract is coming up around that same time officially. You mentioned all everything that he did, but you also used the word promo. Is this a promo or was this a flat out shoot? It
1: felt like a shoot to me, man. It really did. And and I
2: agree, yeah. It was it's hard to, to you, deteriorate you
1: got too. you got to remember, you got to remember, man. This these, these are unforeseen circumstances at the end of the day. Everybody's going through some sort of form or fashion of this, whether it be, um, you know, everybody's going through the pandemic, obviously, but Mm -hmm. you're forced quarantine and especially him because he had to go from home in New Zealand and go to Japan to work in order to do this match. So once he got there, I think it was 14 days, two weeks of solitary confinement, more or less. Away from everybody, Mm -hmm. just so that he could be cleared to go into a a, like a working quarantine, and even then, I think that was another fucking week where he had limited social distancing because he was still training and you know whatever with the roster in Japan. So you're looking at three fucking weeks of 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 a lot of alone time for Jay White. And, and I'm sure he had some of his Bullet Club stablemates there. They're kind of all doing their own thing. You know, mm-hmm. it isn't like the NWO where they were all together all the time. You know, it, it that's not how this is. All these guys have different aspirations. They're in different levels of the card most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, another guy that could speak to this is Tomatonga. You know, you can't fly back and forth. All right. All the time anymore, it's you know, he's. Uh, I was listening to uh, the Talking Shop podcast, and Rocky Romero was talking about it, and he's like, You know, Tomatonga's having a hard time with the travel restrictions because it's not like you can fly back and forth all the fucking time now to go see your family. Mm -hmm. They were all kind of worried for him because as of this recording, Tom has been there like close to four months and that's a long time for him. So it's like to be away from your family for four months in in a foreign land, more or less, even though you're there periodically, like it's it'll take a toll on you. Yeah. You know? So for Jay White to go and do all this and, you know, he he really fucking thought like, man... I'm walking away with those fucking titles, and I was one of those people, like, man, I can't wait till he walks away with those fucking titles for that not to happen. I could understand why he fucking broke down. And it got to the point where at the end of the, the interview, because he, he was fatigued and he had trouble walking, he had trouble getting to the backstage to begin with, but he was like, can someone please help me? I can't walk. And, like, he's literally yelling at the press, like, I can't walk. Help me. And so finally one of the ladies goes up there and she, like, hoists him up and she kind of carries him off haphazardly. But, wow. Just fucking wow. Very powerful television, folks.
2: And now I got to kind of shift a little bit. We're going to shift now because this is where we speculate. This is where we fantasy book. This is where we... We talk about potential things, and one of them is something. nothing that that we made up. This is this is not something we made up. Actually, Joe broke it on uh, on our Facebook group. I I will say I will say that I don't want it to happen. I hope it doesn't fucking happen. But the company that is apparently in talks of getting Jay White is the WWE. Is that plausible in this case, or is this a bullshit internet source?
3: Uh,
1: no, it's not a bullshit internet source, unfortunately Son of a bitch What they're doing, essentially, is they're offering him a fuck ton of money to come over He's going to be rich
2: overnight if he
1: decides to go
2: before you, before you go, though, it's just like the Anderson Gallows rich overnight situation
1: And see, that's where we're at with this, because That didn't a, quite work
2: out that well for Well, that. see,
1: think about it <laughs> Think about this, okay? When the Bucks and Omega were, before AEW came along, mm-hmm. right? right, Vince was offering them, all three of those guys, at least a million dollars apiece, okay, to come over. This this has been sourced. Everybody knows this. It's mm-hmm. It should be common knowledge now. So, they were offered that money, right? They never took it, obviously, hence AEW. But, think about it. He couldn't get them to come over. He promised them all that money. Look what he did to Gallows and Anderson. Not a million dollars, obviously, but you know it, the, a, a nice, handsome chunk of change there for yes, those guys. Very much so. And then he decided he wasn't going to deliver on it, and he cut him short. He cut him short bad. So who's to say he promises Jay White the world and then doesn't deliver?
2: Right.
1: And then what? Jay White's fucking in another fucking limbo. You know, he's in the, he's in another layer of fucking hell.
2: Yeah, he's not getting paid, and he's slapped with a 90-day no-compete clause.
1: Wow. You know what I mean? So he has a lot to think about. Yeah. Now, there's been an update since that has been posted, and there there's good authority out there that he has been talking to the boys over in AEW. Because initially, they wanted him to come work as one of the first roster men. Okay. So they're they're also advocating to get him if he decides to leave. There's a big hubbub about his contract. I don't know when it expires. It's been rumored that he signed a seven year deal with New Japan three years ago, which means he would still have four years of work with them. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then this conversation is over.
2: right. Yeah,
1: but if he's saying in that in that post- Russell Kingdom fifteen promo, if that's true, and he's done, and he is a free agent, it is viable that he shows up in AEW. It's also viable that he shows up in WWE if he needs a change of pace, and he wants a fuck ton of money. And guess what? We have a Royal Rumble around the corner. Yeah, we do. I hate to say it, but if he does show up, wow, what a fucking way to,
2: to show up. Real quick, because I, I have you, you, you use the term viable, so let's remember that word. Okay, But before I do that, you, 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 raise, you raise an interesting question for me. Is Jay White entering the Royal Rumble? I know it's not going to be in front of a crowd, but assuming that he does show up at the Royal Rumble, is that a big deal for WWE marks? Do they even know who the fuck Jay White is?
1: If you don't know who Jay White is at this point, whether you're a WWE mark or not, you need to fucking turn in your pro wrestling <laughs> I, fan I agree card. with you. Right now, but most
2: WWE marks don't have wrestling cards, in my opinion. Like they just <laughs> wow, I, I, and wow. I've said that a long time ago. Yeah, and yeah. and there's again, there's one thing I want to touch on last part of the show, but you know because the consistency of of this fucking stupidity of this company, but I don't know. For me, him coming out the Royal Rumble. Like assuming, like again, I know we're in a pandemic; it's not going to happen. But if we're in front of a live, live crowd, I don't see this being uh, AJ Styles moment or or any kind of huge pop like that. I, I don't. I just don't see it. And that's not me shitting on Jay White because I agree with you.
1: He'll he, he'll get a pop. He would get a pop, but it wouldn't be as one as deserving as as he should have. And and you're right. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who. He's not on their radar, and that's a fucking shame. I, I think if anything, you'd get all the the smart fans, yeah, and that's it. And let's face it, when it comes to a WWE universe, you know their typical arena, it's not all smart fans. Yeah, I so, mean,
2: fighters, folks, but you're not. I'm sorry, you're you just know, not. You're not well, smart wrestling fans.
1: I, 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 but that's part of that's engineered that way. You know, they they're gearing a lot of their their audience to a younger age. So there's a lot of kids and stuff, and like your normal kids aren't gonna watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. They don't know half the fucking people. What, what's a bullet club? You know? That oh, kind of, that that kind of shit. That kills me. I know.
2: Stop talking. Stop so. talking like that. <laughs> Stop it,
1: Joe. So, uh, you're, the, the, the last answer on that is yeah. it would be a wasted opportunity.
2: And that's kind of the point I was trying to make. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to be a star somewhere, the WWE is not that. You want to get rich? Sure. But, again, I don't think Jay White's missing many meals, if you catch my, catch my drift. No, So. I, no. Does it really matter? I mean seriously. I mean, you let's talk about viable options. You mentioned you kept saying it's viable this, it's viable that. Is it viable that this whole that he let's assume that he did sign a 7-year contract and let's assume that he does have 4 years left on that contract. Is it viable that this is another one of those one of those promos that are, it's kind of opening the door to what we're about to talk about now, something you have been so patiently waiting for. Him. Is this is this opening the is this another situation where New Japan's kind of silently opened the door, saying that we're in we're in too, and Jay White does show up on AEW, but he shows up at AEW contracted by New Japan Pro Wrestling. Is that a viable option as well?
1: You know who I feel like right now?
2: Who's that? I feel like
1: Pinhead. I just show up and I'm like we have such sights to show you,
2: you know. <laughs>
1: I always love good uh, horror <laughs>
2: comparisons. I tell you what, man. Or am I thinking too much into it? No, no.
1: Uh, this is what needs to happen. When when we talk about when I talk about bio, viable options, you know what I hope they do? I hope they do it smart. I hope they give him the Kenny Omega treatment. And what I mean by that is You have a big fucking match, like Omega had with Okada, and then he takes a month off. Give that motherfucker time to rest, not only physically, heal up physically, heal up mentally, and then come back and start working. Stay under contract with us. But you could play it that way. You could play it where, like, he comes back, but when he does show up, it's not in a New Japan ring. It's on AEW television. Or in a Ring of Honor arena. Because for me, that's not out of the question either. Or, now an Impact. Right. You know? How fucking exciting would that be? And like, here I am, here we are now, mm-hmm. as as New Japan. Here we are. We're entering this this fray. And you guys want to talk about fucking collecting belts and you want to do this and that. Well, guess what? I'm part of the real Bullet Club, you know? Because there's a lot of that shit going on too. Tomatonga's like, you guys. What did he say recently? I hope New Japan throws a cease and desist at your bootleg Bullet Club. <laughs> That's what he said, <laughs> you know? And he also said, it's not a real Bullet Club if there's no fucking Tongans in it. So there's already that anti-American rhetor- rhetoric, so mm-hmm. to speak. All of this is limitless and exciting, and yes. there's so much fucking potential to make so much money, do so many things for pro wrestling and pro wrestling fans. It's almost overwhelming for me, because like every time I turn around, I'm like, fuck this this could happen. Fuck. This could happen. Yeah. Fuck. So you know, I've heard, I feel like I'm just puking out words now, but I I heard because AEW and Impact are in cahoots so much that Tony Khan's thinking about buying Impact. And wh- if that happens like, wh- what happens with Impact? Like, how does it change? Because you know it's going to, mm-hmm. whether we want it to happen or not. You know, it, it'll become it'll go from this what did someone call it? The zombie I think it was Jim Cornette, the zombie promotion where people where wrestlers just like go to go go for limbo until they can go somewhere else. Does it change from that to something else? Does it become defunct? What what would happen? It like all of this is is so up in the air and but yet so exciting. And I I can't wait. I, I really hope Jay White stays with New Japan Pro Wrestling because for me, although he feels he doesn't he didn't fulfill this destiny. I think his story has just begun you know it's one of those how does the saying go the a, a door closes and a window opens or a window closes and the door opens something like that so much akin to Naito. you know, We've seen Naito have that hero's journey all mm. over again. You can't say that about very many companies and or very many professional wrestlers these days but with New Japan, when you see someone go through that big fight and they lose, it's just the beginning of another journey. One that they keep you excited with. Right. And you don't get that a whole lot in professional wrestling these days, folks. Enjoy it when it comes around. Yeah. And for me, my money is to let him heal up and then have him come back and start his next journey. Because I'm telling you right now, for me, Jay White, I'm telling you, top five in the world right now. Without a fucking doubt. No matter where he goes.
2: I think for me, Jay White, I love it when a plan comes together. Because for me, that's how I wanted to segue into this talk of everything that's going on. Because everyone's going to talk about Kenny Omega. Everyone's going to talk about, again, Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, now the Young Bucks are, have officially stayed claiming this apparently, that's fine, I'm not shitting on that we have these opportunities for other other organizations it starts one way but who's really going to excel, and I think Jay White where Kenny Omega, his career is kind of at the, going in the twilight of his career and, no matter, and I know there's going to be a lot of fanboys that are going to be they hate me for, for saying that, but it's true and Omega said that too Omega say he doesn't have that many years left in his career. Jay White, his is just beginning in a sense of superstardom. And when you look at somebody like Jay White, he is that guy that could easily, in my opinion, you talk about top five. I'm going to say right now that if he continues the path that he's gone, he's going to be the face of professional wrestling. Yes. Not just a top five guy. He's going to be the guy. Kenny Omega? Next Kenny Omega? No, no. He's going to be bigger than Kenny Omega. If, if he continues on the path that he is. And I think having... We like to talk about fantasy bookings. Having that open door of fantasy bookings. JY versus AEW. JY versus Impact. JY versus AAA. JY versus going back to Ring of Honor again. And and, and, even, and who, who else knows what else is, is possible? That right there, you're going to showcase the Switchblade in ways that New Japan could only do so much because... When you work for just one company, no matter how you look at it, you have a glass ceiling. And I'm not shitting on any particular company, but when you when you sit there and you f- look at Jay White and you realize that he's fought Kazuchika Okada, he's fought Tetsuya Naito, he's fought Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi. And you know what? I know he lost... On January 5th, 2021, to, to Bushi, he's beaten them all. Look at how he's dominated Tetsuya Naito throughout these years. That's why it was so important for me to get that match. I I was looking for Naito, White, and this time Naito finally gets his revenge on the guy that he just can't seem to beat. He's done it all. And and don't get me wrong, these are matches I want to see again. Do, do it again.
1: Absolutely. But
2: give me Jay White versus a Cody Rhodes. Give me a Jay White versus x y and z i'm i always draw a blank when i start listing things but that's the whole point of this who's really going to come out on top of this i truly feel in my heart that so long as his mind's right hopefully you know if, if he is depressed if he is going through shit hopefully he does figure it out for not just professional career but for his personal life as well now that's good to go man jay white has so much to gain out of this more than i, I believe anybody else
1: here's the difference between kenny omega and Jay White. Kenny Omega, he became became pretty much the face of professional wrestling previous to AEW. He is of the opinion that one, his time in the business is limited. He doesn't want to do this for the rest of his life. He wants to do other stuff. He doesn't care about winning necessarily. We've seen that because he sacrificed all his momentum and his popularity and money to start a new company, okay? And have a lackluster appearance throughout so far. Okay, Jay White on the other hand very recently came out and said pretty much you need to hang up your boots if you get into this business and don't think about anything but winning. Because if you're think if you're not thinking about winning all the time, then you're kidding yourself. Then you're not a professional wrestler, and you should hang it up. Simple as that. That that mind frame tells you right there he wants to be a professional wrestler, the professional wrestler. He wants it all. He wants that superstardom. He will be bigger than Kenny Omega if he's not already. And as far as I'm concerned, he is. This is what Kenny Omega should have been by now. But because of his choices, he's not. And I don't think he'll ever get back. Whether it, it'll it'll take this crazy fucking... This, this almost kind of seems like a big fucking Hail Mary with this whole I'm going to go around and collect belts mm-hmm. uh, storyline that they got going on. Yeah. It, it is it is very bold, and if it works, it will pay off like a fucking Hail Mary. But if it doesn't, we're all going to be looking at shambles upon shambles of different companies that were affected by it, and it's a very big gamble. Now, him and Don Callis have come out and said, we've talked about this, and we, we already came up with this back in December of 2019, and it has come to fruition exactly how we planned and we're not done yet, and they keep saying that we're not done yet. We're just getting started. So whatever they have planned with whoever they have planned, you know, for or with it, mm-hmm. I'm excited. That brings me that excitement. We all know, as far as Kenny Omega goes, this isn't really priority number one. Whereas Jay White, this is the priority. It is the only priority. And for me, that's why Jay White's up there.
2: Two things that make you chuckle. One you have a lot of Kenny Omega fanboys that are in the fetal position because of your comments. And two, Jay White would make a terrible booker. <laughs> but but, but, but I, I agree with you. I love that mentality. Of, I
1: mean, think about it, bro. Mm-hmm. You and I, at the height of his time in New Japan Pro Wrestling, you and I all about Kenny Omega.
2: Oh, yeah. Without a doubt.
1: You can go back and listen to all our fucking previous episodes, 20x20crew.com if you don't fucking believe us. That hasn't changed. I'm still a supporter of Kenny Omega. I wish nothing but the best. And I love this whole resurgence of the Bullet Club or whatever the fuck they're supposed to be calling themselves these days. Mm Mm-hmm. Out here in the state side of things. Yeah. Because there there seems to be, you know, a little bit of a hubbub about that. But I want more than anybody, I want to see the cleaner come back. I want him to do those types of matches. He's painted himself into a corner where if if you're not in the long run, if you're not interested in doing this your whole career or the rest of your life, I should say, and you were doing fucking forty minute matches, sixty minute matches on the regular and you were considered best bow machine, what the fuck are you doing? You got Jay White over here. Not only am I going to be that, but I'm going to be more than that because mm-hmm. I want to be.
2: Right.
1: How fucking different, how much more difference do you have to see to see that these guys are on two different,
2: Right. you know what I mean? If you talk to Jay White, I'm telling you, I guarantee you right now, where a lot of guys will look at Kenny Omega as the measuring stick, Jay White's looking past him.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: That's his mindset. That's his mindset, and it's not a lack of respect. It's just a matter of he's going to be the best, the legit best bout machine. No gimmicks attached to it. And again, I'm not shitting on... I, I always shit on fanboys because a lot of times fanboys are just that. They're just nonsensical fanboys that don't put a lot of uh, a lot of emphasis on the wrestling aspect of of professional wrestling. Quite quite contradictory. There, Kenny Omega and AEW, and and I said this about the rest of the elite, if you will. It's been that same same thing where it's just like, where the f- how how are these guys calling themselves the elite anymore? There's nothing elite about them. No, you know, going on there putting and and, and look, I, I get you can't have forty minute matches on a two hour. You know, AEW Dynamite show where you got other matches and you got commercials. But, I mean, for the love of God, where where are uh, – how can you tell me you're uh, going to be Best Bout Machine and you're going to wrestle, you know, eight-minute matches on Dynamite? It just doesn't work that way. No. It just It just don't. You have to find something – Else to to kind to the kind of bring that back for me you're right Kenny Omega doesn't have that anymore. and that's fine because you know what Kenny Omega is he's a fucking name he's he's helped get wrestling to I I give a lot of credit to where Kenny Omega has gotten wrestling to where it's at his open door yeah. policy that's his legacy and you know what that's a hell of a legacy because if if this all goes to fruition the way that you and I and, and and thousands of other wrestling fans want to see it go. That's a legacy you can be proud of. Absolutely. And that's 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 you know that's great because we need somebody to open those doors. I applaud him for that. But you can't be upset at me. I'm talking to you, fanboys. You can't be upset at me when I say that the guy that's going to get the most out of this is probably not going to be Kenny Omega, whether it's Jay White or not. Jay White's my pick. Yeah. And he's been my pick for a long time. Kenny Omega is not going to be the guy that's going to get the most out of it. And and quite honestly, if he was sitting here right now, he'd be like, well, no shit. That's the point. (laughs) (laughs) That's his legacy. And I I applaud him. And that's why I have so much love and admiration for the man. Because he sees wrestling the way that Joe and I and so many of other people out there see wrestling. That we need to have not one entity run wrestling but an entire legit universe. An industry. An industry of, yes. A, of a real multiple company industry. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Joe right here, my, my partner here is, he's an old school guy, he's an old school fan. NWA guy, watched a lot of wrestling back in the day. Get off my porch! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, the territories... Had the idea right, they just didn't have the means.
1: That's exactly what it boils down to. Someone came along, had more money than them, were able to take them out, buy talent left and right. Yep, until they had nothing left, and that was it. Now, now that's what we're dealing with now.
2: But now, what we have here is no longer territories, but other organizations—some small, some big. I don't care what anybody says. AW is a big fucking company. A lot of money backing them, but some bit, some small, some big, some American, some not American. And what you have here is a world that we live in now, where we're not we're, we're not subjected to just what's in our region. I get to watch your show wherever the fuck you are, as so long as you give me a means to. You're in Japan, give me a way to watch your show. I'll watch it. You're you know Mexico, Canada, wherever the hell you are. England, I watch your show. You you put it on a streaming service. You. You put it on something YouTube. You have your own streaming service. Whatever you got to do, IWTV is another another way to do that. Boom, I will watch a show. Now what we have is this idea of say, well, hey, I could be here. I could be here. I could be here, and so on and so forth. That territory mentality of hey, Jay White, he's our guy. Yeah, you want to do business with them? Let's let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk numbers. Wow! And guess what? Nobody's going to be able to buy them out this time. Right? And and that's the way it's supposed to be. And for the marks that have a problem with that, keep watching your show, your little show on Monday nights and Friday nights. Wallace around. Yeah. Unfortunately, But that is right there. Everything that we have we have talked about since day one of this podcast. We've talked about it before we ever recorded ourselves. This we need an open door policy because you put yourself in a situation never seeing these matches so much talent that exists in this in this world you know both locally and, and internationally why should we be subjected to what we're able what what to what do who who they're contractually able to compete against that that's got to end it that's, does it's got to end at some point and and hopefully this is the starting of that. By the time that you listen to this episode, we are going to be past or post Hard to Kill. Impact Wrestling has a pay-per-view coming your way uh, in the month of January, Hard to Kill. Uh, we're not going to go through the whole card on this particular episode. Although it's going to be a great card, you can uh, you can get the whole thing over on Fight. Uh, you go to our website, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F-I-T-E. If uh, you become a new member, you're going to get some credits on us. you got to be a new member. you got to go through that link. But you're going to get credits on us that you can check out. This particular show is a, a pay-per-view, so you will have to pay for it. But there is so much free stuff on there every single week. Ring of Honor, MLW, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, as well as things like boxing and, and MMA. Uh, bare-knuckle fighting is happening. Again, I know... Paige Van Zant, which is one of their biggest signings of last year. She's set to make her debut, I believe, in a week or two uh, from when you're listening to this podcast, so uh, the early February. Mm-hmm. So tons to watch there. Uh, again, that's 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F-I-T-E. And uh, please, I, I implore you to check out Hard to Kill. Joe and I are definitely be checking it out. Tons of great matches on there. But the match that I really wanna talk about, of course, is the six man tag, which I no doubt will be the main event. Uh, Rich Swan, who is the Impact World Champion, teaming up with the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, taking on Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows. Kenny Omega, of course, is employed by AEW. He's the AEW world champion. That's gone way, that's obviously well advertised. He wears a title with them everywhere he goes, including on Impact Wrestling good brothers are impact wrestling world tag team champions but they just recently appeared on an episode of aw dynamite we're seeing that rotating door start we're going we're going to test to see if we can guess what's how this is going to happen obviously our listeners may have already know what happens by time to listen to this we'll see how accurate we are because we're going to predict the future a little bit how do you see this match going now
1: with a lot of bullshit <laughs> Uh, you you already got Murder Hawk scene. He's gonna show up in Impact. Didn't really say when per se. Could be sooner than than the actual Hard to Kill pay per view. But and then you've got Moose who won an I Quit match or lost an I Quit match, but he gained a world title shot. And I bring that up because Rich Swan is in that match, and who's to say he doesn't help fuck over Rich Swan, or who's to say. He doesn't protect Rich Swan because he he wants Rich Swan all to himself. Mm-hmm. Because uh, anybody who's been following Impact knows that this is something that's been going on for a fucking while, mm-hmm. and it took him just about decapitating Willie Mac in order to get this fucking title shot. So, <laughs> yeah, he if I'm if I'm a bad man, he's gonna protect his investment as much as possible. And if he has to do it against the the Bullet Club or Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, whatever the fuck they're going to call themselves legitimately, then they'll do it In, in the, whether it be for Moose or for Impact Wrestling or both
2: all eyes are going to be on the six man tag match It's it's pretty safe to assume that's going to be your main event, your last match if you will do they have any kind of other run-ins or confrontations or any kind of surprises happen or do they not do it that night and just save it all for the six man tag how would you book that, and how do you think they're going to book? it? Is Moose a match on the card? As of as of this recording, he is not, and we are just a few days away from the actual show. I think after that, his his main event was the the I Quit match at Genesis. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you the card. I mean, we do have we do have the tag match for the the vacant Impact Knockout Tag Team Championship. The Havoc and Navia versus kira hogan and tasha steels uh, manic is defending the impact x division championship against chris bay and rohit Raju in a triple threat match diana perrazzo defending the knockouts title against taya valkyrie you got a old school six old school rules whatever the hell that is six man tag match eric young cousin deaner and joe Doring versus cousin jake uh, rhino and tommy dreamer <laughs> a goofy match between ethan page versus himself as the karate man I don't know how they're going to do that.
1: I don't know how they're going to do that either.
2: <laughs> and then you got a barbed wire. Besides the six man tag match, you have the barbed wire massacre. Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan. Legit card. Is there a spot for any of that? Is there any backstage antics that are going to take place, or do they just show up in the? Although they don't, do, they're not doing a crowd. Right. They they're not even crowd. doing the like a, like how AEW does. So yeah.
1: So that's yeah. out of the question. Right. I think because of that, you're not going to get anything but some sort of interaction in the six-man tag unfortunately had had circumstances been a little bit different and there were was a crowd or Mm -hmm. or something just a little bit different then i would have booked i would have booked it a little bit different that would be just me i would have booked multiple interferences from uh the good brothers and kenny omega throughout the night i don't think they would ever do that just in general but for me yeah I'm, I'm gonna sit here and say officially it'll just happen during the six man uh being that more than likely that'll be the main event
2: that's gonna happen on the 16th of january that's gonna leave quite some time to the next impact pay-per-view but i imagine if that's the case that's that's what's gonna open up officially the floodgates i imagine do you after that at this point, are we going to see more on impact? Are we going to see more on on dynamite? Obviously, you don't want to rush in anything. We don't. We don't want that. We want good booking. We want to take it. Take your time. Make it make sense. All that stuff. How much longer? Like, how long does this get? Does this get? How long does this go before we start getting official word on who's involved in all of this? Yeah, and essentially go from there. When when do we really get that big shakedown? And again, I don't want to see it get rushed. But Take your time. I got all day. <laughs> so, as so long as you give me what, what, what we want in, in the end, I'm, I'm okay with that. But is this going to be something that's going to take a long time?
1: I think, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Whether we want it to happen that way or not because of COVID restrictions, and restrictions. Yeah. So, you know, they kind of have no choice but to, you know. Fair enough, yeah. And then you've got so much time between major pay-per-views for Impact, you know. Mm-hmm. So,
2: well, Impact is doing paper or special events every month now.
1: Yeah, and I get that, but mm-hmm. you still that's once a month. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, sure. and, and I get it that they have TV, but even that is all pre taped. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you can pre tape all that, but you are still there's still that feeling of, of of a limited situation? So, I think more more often than not, you are going to see a lot of the stuff happen on AEW TV because it's live. And then what, here's the big X factor, mm-hmm. you know, New Japan has announced that they have a, an American TV deal and I'm not sure exactly when and where it's going to be airing as of this recording, but that here, that's a, that's the big fucking X factor here. Mm-hmm. It's like now they've got American television. Is it going to be live? How long is it going to be? If it's pre taped like, what does that mean for them getting in cahoots with other companies, which they'd be fools not to, you know, at this point. And if we're talking about Bullet Club, if all this has Bullet Club written all over it, no matter what company you're working for, I think it's only a matter of time before we see the New Japan Bullet Club mesh with everybody else.
2: And that's what we talked about. From the get-go that's kind of the key to all this in the early goings of all this uh there's so much more to talk about but we're gonna wrap it up with just one more question a little more foreshadowing or in our case fantasy booking we have assuming that they do it in their normal time this year this summer g1 how much more interesting this is this does all this get because if this is the case you know we have we have until august to do quarantining and whatever we have to do assuming that you know, we'll see how everything goes as far as the whole COVID thing is concerned. But assuming that we're not there yet and we have to quarantine, you have plenty of time, do we see top guys in Impact in AEW potentially make it to the G1? I'm not saying overtake it. Maybe one or two guys in each company, if you will.
1: I think New Japan has already established that that's what they're all about. Mm-hmm. Leo Rush mm-hmm. had just got signed by MLW, but mm-hmm. it makes an appearance at the Super J Cup. You know, I new think, champ, by the way. Yeah, new champ. Uh, congrats! You're go- I think we're. I think it's just. It, it's inevitable. You're gonna see that. And again, New Japan, if they want to be, it's, because of the the way the professional wrestling landscape is changing, it's like a freight train coming. And if they, don't, if they don't hop on, they better get the fuck out of the way. Fair enough. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially if they want to westernize. Mm-hmm. That's just, to me, that's how I feel. I don't know, if, if they decide not to, to hop on the train, I don't know how much it's going to hinder them. Because they, they already have their own shit going, you know? And they do it very successfully. So, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be really, really interesting. But I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I sound like the fucking dinosaur from Land Before.
0: Uh, do you think my family went to the Great Valley too? Huh? Hmm, maybe. My mother said it's where all the herds were going. Oh, I hope, I hope, I hope.
1: <laughs> I sincerely hope that they get on board and play nice with the other companies, even if it is in some sort of a limited capacity. And for me, it's not even a, a, about the Bullet Club per se. Although, you know you know me, I'm a huge Bullet Club mark. It's just about the potential of seeing all that talent being traded. Because for me, a, a, as a, as an old older fan, that's what excites me much more than any faction could ever. Is just the fact that I, you know, it'll make me feel like I get to see Ric Flair tra- be a traveling champ all over again. I'm glad that someone's trying to push for that again. I'm glad that that's even... An option on the table being talked about. It's great. I, I can't. I wish younger fans were able to experience that, and hopefully we we get to that point.
2: Well, if you if you're paying attention, with the women's title, NWA's has already been doing that. Yeah, they have. We need to do that on a bigger land, a bigger landscape now.
1: Absolutely. You
2: know, I want to see what Ring of Honor attempted to do years ago. Let's have the Ring of Honor World Title defended at Russell Kingdom. Yeah. It's unfortunate that that didn't continue. You know, maybe by next year, we see... If you want to do two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, let me propose this, okay? Night two, night one, you have whoever's your heavyweight champion defended against your G1 winner. Traditional style, right? Whoever comes out as a winner. I don't even need a title, like, a title versus title. I just need, what if you had the top champion... In New Japan versus the top champion in AEW, no titles on the line, but let's see who's the better champion. Yeah, let's let's do that for night two.
1: Right.
2: You don't need to have two title mat two title matches defended. No. On both nights, give me give me give me your best. Give me the best fucking guy in each company, and let's just put them in the ring and let them fucking go.
1: Yeah, that's all I want. That's all I want. S- that, sincerely.
2: I don't even know who's wrestling in that match. Match of the year. Uh, right. <laughs> 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 so we've 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 really exceeded a lot of uh, a lot of our time here. Uh, so I I, I I really don't want to touch on it too much. But before we go before we go because I know we're we're, we're not going to be able to talk about pre roll Rumble after this card. I, I gotta talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble. It's happening January thirty first. Just a couple days. So we don't know any of the results. I, I honestly don't give a shit who wins. I the know Rumble.
1: I know exactly the results. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> You're gonna be let down. So, but you could do that with us over on the network. There you go. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. That's all one word. Please come and be uh, underwhelmed
2: with us as we watch the Royal Rumble on January thirty first. Well, you you not only have you, you, you not only have like the two Rumble matches, but you you have the two top titles being defended here. Real real quick, we we all. I, it was predicted, it was projected, it was whatever you want to talk about. Goldberg did come back. He is challenging Roman Reigns, or sorry, he's, he's challenging Drew McIntyre. Not anymore. He's not? Drew McIntyre's got COVID, right? Okay, he's still on this list. But he, I mean, we're still two weeks out, so he might...
1: I think quarantine is 10 days. That gives them four days. I don't know that that's a guarantee anymore, to be well, honest with
2: you. I, but to be fair, a Goldberg match is only 30 seconds.
1: Regardless, it's it's all about contact. I know you're trying to be funny, but and you know what? I I it's already being talked about. Like maybe they realized just how bad of a decision this was, mm-hmm. and this is their way of getting him out of the match.
2: We'll see. You know, we'll see. One thing I want to talk about too before we Hey three.
1: man, if you can have one of your your top stars say, you know, his, his oh, I'm going to get heat for this. If you can have one of your top stars say, you know, he's got to take time off because his cancer it came back or his cancer's threatening and then he comes back with a new set of teeth, you know, just saying anything's possible.
2: As of as of this, it's still happening. They're still they're still they're still pumping the match. Okay. Um it was it was released via wwe.com that the match is happening. Apparently, on the previous episode of Raw, he did it. He accepted a challenge via quarantine, so he's already in quarantine. Yeah, but but here's my other my other thing. Before we talk about Goldberg coming back, because I do want to allude to what's happening in April. Roman Reigns is, is, is set to defend the Universal Championship against Adam Pearce. Now, here's my thing. Adam Pearce, the wrestler back in his heyday, fuck yes, five time NWA champ. No no, no doubt about the, the the level of his fucking talent. Yeah, he can go. Here's the thing: Adam Pierce is not a full-time wrestler anymore. He's not a wrestler anymore at this point. No,
1: he's been a road agent for God knows how long.
2: <laughs> now he's an on-screen uh, yeah,
1: a producer, whatever. Yeah, yeah
2: he's sure. He's on-screen or whatever. So they booked this fucking like gauntlet match on an episode of SmackDown for the number one contendership for the for the Universal Championship. Adam Pierce, I, I didn't watch this episode of SmackDown, but Adam Pierce is apparently in this match. Adam Pierce, very uh, in a very shitting way, gets like hold on top of whoever he pinned. And now it's Adam Pearce versus Roman Reigns. That should be like, oh man, they're giving Adam Pearce his props. But they're not. Adam Pearce is, this is clearly supposed to be a dubbed squash match, which is very disrespectful to Adam Pearce the wrestler.
1: Well, that's WWE, marks Not knowing their fucking, their own roster.
2: Right. Exactly. But, so Royal Rumble is the Official start to the road to WrestleMania. They call it every single year. You're gonna see. You're gonna see pointing at that fucking sign happening oh twice that night.
1: Oh my god! Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate
2: it here. <laughs> so you, you're trying long as helicopter rides. Long as helicopter rides. So my thing is this: this is the official road to WrestleMania. You're going to have your two Royal Rumble matches that determine number one contenders for their respective titles. Fine. Your two champions, you got Roman Reigns defending against Adam Pearce. Adam Pearce is not taken very seriously. It would be the equivalent of having Roman Reigns versus John Laurinaitis.
1: Pretty much okay? at this point, yeah.
2: And don't shit on me, guys. I am not shitting on Adam Pearce, okay? They are. Yeah. But that's, are. that's what they're doing on top of Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg, who, by the way, this is after Drew McIntyre had a had a match with Keith Lee which was yet another underwhelming match for those two guys. Instead of doing it the right way and and booking a legit rivalry, they push Keith Lee out, of the, out to the, they push him out of the way again, bring in Goldberg who never could wrestle, still can't wrestle now. And this is <laughs> this is this is how your Road to WrestleMania begins. Not a good fucking start. My whole point to all this was WrestleMania is happening. I'm assuming early April, late, late, whatever, late March. My dog's gagging, so I, yeah, I'm gagging too. It's, <laughs> it's, they do this shit every single year. Now, 2020 for a lot of companies, including WWE, was not a great year financially. As a matter of fact, they had a lot of cuts. We've talked about that. My Kyoto was one of them. Like, but there was a lot of cuts, a lot of setbacks because of the pandemic but also because of bad television, bad product. Raw ratings are going down. SmackDown ratings are going down. Guess what, NXT, you're getting beat by dynamite virtually every single week. At some point, we've talked about this throughout the, this this episode here, you have to evolve. You have to, that locomotive you mentioned, you, you, you have to jump on it or get out of the way or Find a way to compete with it. Yep. those are your options. Unfortunately for the WWE, marks you love a company that continuously says, "You know what? What did we do last year? Well, let's do that again." Because <laughs> here's what we do: we take a guy like Keith Lee and we're gonna, "Yeah, he's going to make his RAW debut, and we're going to have him win a disqual- by disqualification and a four minute match." And you know, this is after he wins two championships just a month prior on NXT great booking there 2021 is going to be his year right well guess what he's going to have to wait until after Wrestlemania because you know what we do for Wrestlemania we call Goldberg we call Brock Lesnar we call The Undertaker hell we might even call The Fucking Rock this year to come have matches and then guess what happens that once Wrestlemania is over they leave
1: you forgot Triple H
2: oh Triple H I'm sorry yes yeah. Triple H and then and then they fucking leave and they don't come back until next Wrestlemania what does that do for the rest of your roster not a fucking thing. No matter how we felt about Kota Bushi versus Jay White as far as the booking goes, yeah, we felt it should have been Naito versus White. Did we complain about Abushi? Did you complain? You watched the fucking match. No. Didn't complain. Why is that? Because here's a guy that has been busting his ass for the company for years, deserves that fucking spot, has proven that, and he performed. Match of the year according according to my partner here. Five and a half stars. I'll fucking quote. Damn. <laughs> five and a half stars, according to Dave Meltzer. WrestleMania happens, and what do we get? Pot- what, are we, what are we potentially going to get? Bill Goldberg. Is he going to wrestle a 48 minute match? No. He's not going to wrestle a 48 second match. Brock Lesnar, potentially. The Rock. Triple H. What about Keith Lee? What about Matt Riddle? What about a potential? You know, I know he's in NXT, but what about Adam Cole? What about. You know carrying cross or or other guys that are actually legit talents. what about a fucking aj styles who we talk about twilights he's in the twilight of his career he's not approaching it he's in it what about these fucking guys last year we had aj style or sorry last year we had daniel bryan versus Sami Zayn, what should have been one of the best matches of that card and it's a joke match yep it's a fucking joke match and this is what Wrestlemania is Every single year And I know you guys are getting tired of me Bitching and moaning about Wrestlemania But how, how do you not see this How do you continue to defend this How do you continue to say Oh my god it's Wrestlemania season I used to be that way yeah. I used to take off that week from work Because it was Wrestlemania I'd rather fucking go take a shit Than watch Wrestlemania yeah. For four and a half fucking <laughs> hours I don't want to watch it I'm oh, going no, last to, year was, it was closer to six. Well, last year it was two shows, too, because of the pandemic. They, they broke it up into two shows, two nights.
1: Still. And, like and that, it, was, that, it was horseshit. It was. It felt like it was nine hours, man.
2: But this is the thing that continues to fucking happen. They continue to do whatever Vince McMahon thinks is going to work, whether it works or not. And then the ratings continue to drop. Money continues not to come in. I get they still have a lot of money. It's fine. But when you when you finish years not making your quota that's not a successful year and these other companies are coming in again that freight train they're steamrolling in they're passing you by they don't care two shits about what you do but yet every wednesday night you try to piggyback off of what the competition is doing and guess what you're not beating them so what do you fucking do you have to evolve and they just they just continue to not do that. To me, I don't care. I mean, I hope Drew McIntyre feels better and, 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 you know, beats COVID. I don't wish that upon anybody. I don't give a shit about that as far as the match goes. I don't give a shit about Goldberg. I don't give a shit about Adam Pearce versus versus Roman Reigns. I should. I should. I'm like, Adam Pearce is going to teach that boy a lesson. But it's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen that way. And it's 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 so goddamn unfortunate and i'm going to i'm going to start it up now because it's going to be throughout WrestleMania season so i want to get it out now so i i can say i told you so but this is the reason why i said it from the get go when i first started this fucking podcast with joe put the russell back in wrestlemania oh, for the love man. of god please please please, in, please please stop calling undertaker stop calling triple h do not pick up the phone and call dwayne We don't need him. There's another. Tell him to make Fast and Furious 26. Yep. You know, go do that. Go be movie star. Stay the fuck out of a wrestling ring. Give me more guys like Keith Lee. Give me more guys like Matt Riddle. Give me more guys like Drew Gulak. Use them right. Yeah. Yep. That's my rant. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are available on Facebook. Facebook.com slash 20X20Crew is our official Facebook page. 20X20 Wrestling Talk is our Facebook group. Come talk to Matt and I. Share memes and information with a host of others. Uh, Twitter.com slash 20X20Crew is where you can send your hate tweets. Instagram.com slash 20X20Crew. What else? 20X20Crew at gmail.com for questions, comments, concerns, and the like. Also, 20x20crew.com, where you can find all of our past episodes, merchandise, and what have you. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a fucking slice. Uh, kudos to New Japan on another super successful Wrestle Kingdom. The The future of pro wrestling is actually pretty bright, despite what we just talked about. <laughs> so here's to a new year and everything that's gonna come with it. Simple as that.
2: Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for for giving us your time and and, and listening to this. I, you know it's it's always a pleasure. So we're gonna do this again next week, as always. So until then, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You've been fantastic. And until next week, we will see, see you, you in the ring.
1: ring. So I'm talking.
3: About. It sums up my situation. I feel like I'm physically the closest to death I've ever been. Hopefully that I ever will be. You just all saw what I put on the I put myself at risk, not directly for your entertainment, for myself, but a byproduct of me being in the ring is your entertainment. So by proxy, I go and put myself through that. Eventually for your entertainment, I can barely walk. You, you, you just stand and stare at me. You one, two, three, f- sitting down. You standing there. You never think to help somebody in need, huh? Did you enjoy that? You enjoy watching me try to walk up here by myself. For what? Huh? I do I go through all the all the for what and you you don't even have the tiniest bit of respect, the tiniest bit of empathy to where you would think to help somebody in me. The- if you can't do something simple like that, I don't know everybody watching. Even if they had the chance, they wouldn't have helped. I will never be appreciated like I should be. I see it. I see it now. Everything. I wanna talk to Switchplay JY. I'm sorry. You're just kidding, Jamie. Everything I've done. Sacrifices. years away. When I first left New Zealand, I didn't see my family. My parents, I didn't see them. For three and a half years.
0: Because I dedicated myself to this! I been- put everything into this! I believe in myself like you would have believe I know what I can do I know at least I thought I knew no matter how much I feel like I know it in here and in here no matter how much I believe that it's my moment my time that it's my destiny that I was about to become God Up being wrong, I end up being wrong, and don't you love it, huh? You like me saying that? You enjoyed that? I was wrong. I guess it wasn't my destino last year. No, it wasn't. Was it this year? No, still, it still wasn't. My- my, it still, it still wasn't my new era.
3: Doesn't that make you all? Doesn't that make you
0: all? I am on. I am out here in Japan. Wasting my life away for what? During a global pandemic? I could be a home that I now. No, it'll be worth it. Sacrifice! 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 And it'll be worth it! You will get both of those belts when you finally made an Russell Kingdom. It will be worth it. If I can't get it done, and all the time, oh, oh, the sacrifices—they're not worth it. So why am I here? I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not gonna do this anymore. Not for any of you. Not for any of you. Not for any of the people out there. If I can't do it for myself, then it's what not worth doing. It's not worth me being here. Fuck. Fuck.
3: Maybe, maybe my time would be spent better someplace else. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. If this is all it's for, I'm not going to do it. Tomorrow, contractually, if they want me, if they want to make me wrestle again after what I've just been through. And I don't mean just tonight. I mean the last. Eight days. Eight days. It'll be eight years to the days since I first stepped in a wrestling ring and started training. I'm not gonna do this anymore. So If they want to make me show up tomorrow, fine, fine. And I'm sure they will because you, New Japan, media, fans, you love nothing more. To see me distressed, see me, <laughs> see me like this, huh? Fine, I'll show up tomorrow if you want me to. But after that, <laughs> that's it.
0: Will you fucking help me? You not hear a single thing I'm saying? Yeah, will you catch somebody? Will you fucking help me!